All righty, guys. Welcome back after a short break to Wednesday Night Musical Osmosis, where intelligent dissonant thought meets melodic euphonious reality. I am your musically magnanimous host, Nick the Saucy One Catsaurus, broadcasting to you live from the shadow of Hurricane Mountain here in Tennessee. And I also want to introduce my percussively proficient co-host, say that three times real quickly, calling in from Charm City. Mr. Odell Norman. What is up, Hello, my friend? Sir. What is going on, man? It's been a minute. <laughs> yes, it has. And we're going to go on another short break. So let me get um, Dee in here to explain everything. So let me introduce a girl who should run for office because fuck yes, it. Please. Why not? Why not? Fuck it. Being a producer. Yeah. Dee, nobody... what's, so what's going on here? We just came back from a break and now we're going on break from everything until August. I know, we are. You know, I mean, it's summer. We just got engaged. Uh, hey, that's right. Yes, that's right, guys and gals and everybody else. Um, someone very interesting and crazy has offered to officiate our wedding. So we got Uh-oh. engaged. <laughs> um, but we are going to take a short break from airline. Are you keeping that... Um- that well, secret, that information secret. Uh, I, I think you know anyone what? that listened to the show other day, the other day knows who it is. They'll just have, and if they haven't, then they need to go listen to our show from Sunday, our kettle of fish with the wrestler Raven, and then you'll understand. <laughs> um, but when we come back, we are going to have Lee Press on and the nails, which. I love that name. I just love on this so show yeah. on musical on our show. osmosis. Yes. Yes. I think that is going to be. We're going to return on musical osmosis August 9th. Yes, and then we are also going to have um, on an upcoming episode humorist and playwright Dylan Brody, who it has some pretty. He's got a pretty impressive list of things. Yeah, that's going to be on our kettle of fish show. And, all kinds of great stuff. So, and we are also going to have our regular um, "Life is Hard," as well as "Uncustomary," and um, I've actually, sure we'll be putting new bath talks and Padula shows up as they get produced, yep, and some new nerd gets fit, which is now under the vodcast section on Tin Can Media. Surprise! Um, yeah, <laughs> so we're having a ton of fun and we're actually going to try and use our swimming pool now that, you know, it's like 90 degrees, even though there was snow in Chicago today and a giant iceberg the size of uh, Lake Michigan broke off of the ice and um, off the South Pole. So, you know. Yeah. 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 I think we should ban icebergs until we know exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. We, we totally to should, but uh, I don't think we really I don't have trust a them. I don't trust yeah. them. Yeah. All right, let's talk about this. <laughs> we haven't been on air, and everybody's like, why are you doing one episode and going back on vacation? Well, we always take a vacation in the summer. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. we haven't done any episodes because our wonderful co host Odell has been in merry old England. How yes, is it? Yes. England? England was awesome. It was uh, quite the experience. Uh, um, uh, being a history major, it, it was it was mind blowing. So, you know, everywhere you walked, everything you did, there was some sort of significance, or you know, some some important person stayed there, lived there. Um, it, it was fun. We had uh, a few interesting moments, and uh, uh, <laughs> like when we first got there, we um, we got on the tube, which is the equivalent of like the metro in dc 
Um, and so we took it from Heathrow to our hotel. Well, we got to our hotel, and as you know, with London, they're sort of on heightened, uh, a heightened sense of security over there with the, the things that have happened over there in the past couple months. Yeah, I bet. And, yeah, so uh, uh, somebody, at the time we didn't know, but somebody accidentally hit the alarm, which triggered um, the announcer to say, everybody needs to leave the station. So they opened all the doors to the train, and Nick and D.I. Did you have never to like, walk down a tunnel or something? No, no, we were actually at our stop, which was good. But where we were, there was no, uh, the stop that we were at, there was no uh, escalator. So it was all steps. So you didn't have to fight off chuds with a pointy stick. No, no, but um, it just so happened to be the hottest day um, since 1976. So it was like 97, 98 degrees there, which in London, that's a rarity. And and we were carrying our bags because we literally had just gotten off the plane and we were making our way. So we had... We have yet been on any of the streets. We have yet, we don't know where our hotel is. And the first thing we hear is everybody needs to leave the station. So you're talking about two people that you see sprinting as fast as you can out of there. And um, so that was an interesting, that was an interesting day. But um, no, overall, the trip was incredible. Uh, Got to hang out with Serge a lot, which was really cool since he's over there. He's getting ready to come back actually um, in in about a month and a half. Nice. And um, nice. Yeah, yeah, and so, but he took us around. We, you know, we went to Camden. I spent a lot of time there. That's where, uh, like, Amy Winehouse became really big, and you know, a lot of the upcoming bands at the time, like Radiohead and all those bands, played there in that area at the club. So he pointed out all these different clubs that all these bands had played in, and um, we went to Shortage. And we saw a show. I can't remember the gentleman's name, but it was really good. It was like this acid jazz, um, hip hop type show, but it was phenomenal. And Shortage, the people, tremendous. Food was great. It, it was a really good time. It, it, it went by quick, but it was it was really fun. So when you run into people over there and you tell them you're from America, are they kind of <laughs> like, oh, my God, are you going to like beat me with a dildo or like piss all over my leg? Like, did they just think you're completely fucking batshit crazy now because what's going on over or, here? Actually, no, they could care less, at least in, in, in London, they could care less because London is so much like New York. Or like DC, it's very you know transient. So you have people from all over the world there, and then you also got to remember they're going through their own crap with the Brexit stuff. So right. you know the the stuff over here with Trump is like sort of like just the icing on the whole proverbial cake, if you will. Because they're already dealing with a lot of stuff going on over there. But you know, talking to Serge, it was funny. Like after he was saying after the election, it was almost like he had to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Did he go on American, an apology like, tour like Obama? Yeah, he, they always say Obama went on the apology tour. Is yeah, like basically that. it was like, you know, the moment they heard his accent or his voice, they're like, ooh, Trump. And he's like, you know, I am so sorry. <laughs> I don't know what people were yeah, thinking about. Yeah, I don't think I would still be admitting that I was from there. I'd be like, yeah. oi, no, I've always been <laughs> here. Hey, English uh, can tell, though, if you're yeah. like, bangles and mash, if you have a hacky English accent. Right. <laughs> like, I eat bangers but, but and no, mash but, every day. <laughs> yeah, no, but for the most part, um, they they could care less. They, they're dealing with their own stuff between... You know, uh, right before we left, they had that huge apartment, that huge apartment building went up in flames. Right. That was like a week and a half before we left at that. So they were dealing with dealing with that, dealing with other apartments that were very similar to that, um, that uh, that didn't have the proper fire. So people were getting kicked out of those and just sent to different places until they can 
straight. It, it, it was a mess as far as that kind of stuff going on. So they, they have their own problems. But I'll tell you one thing. They are not phased by, you know, they had the terrorist attacks and we went on, like we walked the, the London Bridge. Uh, we did the whole Tower of London, did all of that. You would have not known that there was, you know, something serious had gone down there. So they don't uh, live in a fucking perpetual state of fear like half this country does. No, no, definitely not. Um, I mean, your head is on a swivel, definitely. Um, if, if you're sitting on the tube and somebody accidentally leaves their bag or something, they'll report it. They'll let, you know, security or whoever know, hey, this was left here, things of like that. But other than that, no, they're, they were about going on with their daily lives um, and, and just doing their thing. Uh, um, for the most part, I, you, you wouldn't even have known that stuff had happened until – you know, the alarm goes off and then people are running like, oh, crap, here we go. Stuff like that. But other yeah, for the most part, other than that, it was just business as usual. Well, speaking of fear, good old American fear. Um, oh, last boy. summer, my dad, I was visiting my dad in North Carolina and he gave me every time I go there. I mean, he just has mountains of stuff. He's old and retired and all he does is go to freaking thrift stores. And he gave me this Time Life. You remember Time Life books like um, yeah. you know, Billy the Kid once shot a man for snoring too loud when they came out with those book series and stuff all the time. Well, they yeah. have videos now and they have the history of rock and roll starting basically from like Muddy Waters and the Blues Days running up to this is an older video. So running up to like the late 90s with the grunge movement. And okay. I'm watching this. And Muddy Waters, like I said, comes out, and Chuck Berry, and all these great musicians, Fats Domino, come out, and white people just, like, lose their shit. And they're like, oh, my God, this music's going to corrupt our white kids and make them have sex with black people. And, and they're just and they're looking at them gyrating their hips and just flipping the fuck out. And yeah. then you move into, like, Elvis, and people are <laughs> flipping the fuck out. And this, you know, and this is like white people flipping out, and Chinese people aren't like, "Oh, Elvis is going to get us." Then you move to Beatles, and people are flipping out, and it's double music. Then you move into like just what we know as rock, regular rock, and hard yeah. rock, and they're flipping like Zeppelin out. Zeppelin and Sabbath yeah. and all of that. They're like, "Oh my gosh, yeah." Then yeah. you move into the punk movement, yeah, and they're yeah. flipping out, and and and, the, <laughs> and then you move, and then they even moved a little bit into the rap movement. And people, that's kind of what it wrapped up with, no pun intended. And and people are flipping out. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, holy shit, dude. This is like the same. Like, you see people in the 50s talking. They're like, this music corrupts our youth. And then, like, you see people in the next disc in the 60s. This music's going to corrupt our youth. And it's the same. It's like the same 50-year-olds, but like a different generation. But it's like the same exactly. group of, like, 40 and 50-year-olds, like, just middle class terrified, like, and I'm sorry, they're just like all these old white dudes, and and you know, and they're wise, and they're just like, this music's corrupted our youth, and it's crazy to see that cycle repeat over and over and over oh, again. Oh yeah, by whatever the flavor of music is, and it's like, why are people in this country so hyper afraid? All the is it the media? Is it? I mean, what is it where people are just terrified twenty four seven in this country? Well, you get you get the. Well, it starts when you have prominent people out there voicing that opinion, too. So, like, for example... Yeah, yeah but Kennedy when, like, wasn't voicing that opinion, you know what I'm no, saying? No, no. But, but no, I'm not even saying, like, uh, politicians. I'm saying just prominent people. So gotcha. when, you have, when you have 
network executives saying, okay, look, we can only have Elvis from the waist up because we don't want girls to go into the sex frenzy and they're going to go and have sex with all their guys and get pregnant and all that craziness. Uh, that's coming from people that have that same mentality as the mothers and fathers do because they don't want to, they didn't want to push that envelope, but that's where, like, for example, with the, with the, 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 the hip hop movement, you know, when, um, like I, like when the whole Rodney King thing went down and all of a sudden it was like, we need to have the, you know, straight out of Compton needs to have the parental advisory stickers and Tipper Gore and all that craziness. And, Oh, our kids are going to go and shoot cops because Ice-T said, you know, had a song called Cop Killer. And, and it, it's just the, the paranoia of, of, uh, of people that have never been, I guess, subjected to that kind of stuff or, or they have been. And it's one of those things where they try to uh, suppress it so far down that they don't want it to come out. That's, that's always been my thing. I, th- I truly believe that. I think, the people that really push for like, uh, you know, anti-gay laws or 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 or, or certain racial things have a, a either not a phobia but a fetish, if you will, for those things. Like that one senator that one time that he was so uh, yeah. prominent in, you know, gay people can't have this rights and gay people. And then come to find out, he was having he was trying to solicit the interns that were working for him. You know, so it, that's where I think it comes from, too. So I, I think it's all all of that. But well, it is funny that this. you mentioned that. Yeah. Last question, because we got Alex on the line. What do you think happens? Because it's all ridiculous, right? In the 80s, when I was growing up, it was heavy metal and it's the devil music. What do you yep. think happens when our parents, not our parents in particular, but our parents' generation, the ones who were afraid of Ozzy Osbourne and all these guys, they turn on a truck commercial and they hear ACDC or a pizza commercial and they hear Twisted Sister. <laughs> yeah. Are they like, I can't I mean, eat a Domino's no more. Oh, I got to sell my Ford, you or, know, Rambler or, or whatever. I mean, because- think about it, dude. Ozzy Osbourne became a household name. I mean, that, that reality show was one of the most watched reality shows about his family. So he became one of those guys that was just like, oh, it's Ozzy. Now he's selling cars. Yeah, I know. You know everybody or, or... <laughs> told them to. So the same jock assholes who used to beat me up for listening to Ozzy now have the first three seasons of the Osborne on DVD and love exactly. Them. But before well, I was at... a commie and a queer and all yeah. this other shit for listening to it. Well, th- think about it. Look, look at the generation now. Most people know Eddie Murphy and Ice Cube and Ice T as actors. Um, people that have worked use voices for cartoons things of that nature. They don't know Eddie Murphy from Eddie Murphy raw. They don't know ice cube from death certificate in America's most wanted. They don't know ice T. It's so ironic that ice T plays a cop on, on, on one of the biggest TV shows or longest running TV shows out there, but they don't realize that he was the same guy that did, you know, cop killer or colors or <laughs> must have the most ingenious message like agents ever ice cube has a song it's got a line in it that says hoes licking my nuts like stamps and like three yep. years later he's doing fucking disney movies and i'm like yeah. who's this guy's agent this guy's a how did this how did this is like now, marilyn manson a kid's show how did yeah he now, <laughs> yeah now he's a mogul you know now he's running basketball yeah. leagues and 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 like you said, doing family movies and, 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 and different things of that nature. So it's, yeah, the same guys that they were trying to ban are the, the millionaires and billionaires that are running things now, which is, is very ironic. 
right, let's get Alex in here because I know she's at a photo shoot, so we've got limited time with her. <laughs> Alex, what's up? Hey, everybody. Yo, yo, yo. Hey. What's going on? Hi. <laughs> Nothing, man. Um, you are just rocking and rolling lately. I want to thank you for calling back in. I just, you know, I just figured something out today. This is your fourth time calling into uh, our network. Are we wow. special? Have you ever called any other show four times? Well, I think you're just very persistent. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that before, Odell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? Actually, the thing is. Um, because White Mystery, you know, puts out the annual albums, as you all know, and we've been a band for almost nine years now, there are a lot of shows, especially here in Chicago, where I'm calling from, that we actually visit annually. So um, WBZ, which is our NPR here in Chicago, has a sister network called Vocalo, and it's kind of like the hipster NPR for Chicago. And we go on this guy, Jesse Menendez's show every single year around the time awesome. that we release new albums. So we've been on his show eight times. Awesome. Uh, so you guys have a little bit of catching up to do. Uh-oh. We've really <laughs> got to do that, All right. I know you've only got a few minutes. I want to jump right into this album because this is mm-hmm. your eighth album. You're entering into a- your ninth year. Of it's so good, year. by the way. It is a great album. Yeah, Thank enjoy. you. Absolutely enjoy Yeah, seriously. It's Thank really, you. really good. Thank you. But here you are. You're going into the ninth year of your 10-year white mystery experiment. Do yes. you feel like the walls are moving in or as you like hurdle towards this <laughs> deadline? Or are you like, you know what, dude? After 10 years, I can say time for another 10 years. Or do you think the mm-hmm. fans are like, mm-hmm. what do you got up your sleeve, Alex? It's the 10-year mark. Mm-hmm. Is it a lot of mm-hmm. pressure? Um, well, you know, honestly, it's just very exciting because we have some serious tricks up our sleeves that we're, we've been developing for a long time and now it looks like we're a lot closer to executing them. So I'm excited to share that with you guys when that comes to life, it'll definitely be white mystery through a new lens. And, um, that makes it exciting for us as a project where we've been plugging away, uh, touring the world, playing hundreds of shows. Like there's, when we finished touring Japan, I felt like my body was still moving, like that roller coaster effect when you get off of a ride and you still feel like you're going up and down and super fast, where I had realized that, you know, for 80% of the year, I've been going an average of probably 70 miles an hour between going on the Autobahn and bullet trains in Japan. The sensation of going so fast and being transported to play rock and roll. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. um, it's it's pretty wild. But as far as what's coming up, you know, I think about the Rolling Stones and the Who, where the Who would sing My Generation, where it's like, hope I die before I get old. And people would ask the Who, like, you know, do you plan on playing in another 50 years? And they're like, no way, man. We're like, so rock and roll. And this right. is what's happening now. <laughs> and, you know, now here we are in the year 2017. You know, it's the Who's, like, 50th anniversary tour or whatever. I can't, I think it's 50th. Um, so. so they're ancient and they're still rocking and they're spreading the joy and the love of their music. So I have a lot of respect for that. And I would just say for all of our fans who are curious, just stay tuned because it's going to be really cool. Is it going to be a mystery until then? Yeah, White definitely. <laughs> yep. Yep. But you know, the thing is, we, we're realizing, you know, we have so much content that we've created in all these years and a lot of fans, like friends that we've made like with you guys, you know, you've become familiar with us in the last couple of years. There's a lot of things that we did in the first five years of White Mystery that we're kind of 
showing people now um, and kind of blowing people's minds where they're like, wow, I didn't know you guys did that. So it's like we have so much music, 100 songs, and feature-length film that was awesome, which you're all familiar with. You know, yeah, I all saw you cool guys content. already showing that. Is that in Chicago? Yeah, yep, that's in Chicago. There's like a wow. cult movie club here in Chicago called Cinema Obscura, and they reached out to us because they're like, we only play cult films. We'd love to play. That was awesome um, for free and screen it. So a lot of people I know are, are coming out to check it out, and I'm excited. Because, you know, a lot of the actors are our friends, so when you come to a screening of this, chances are like most of the cast is going to be there because they want to see it. Um, you know, it's just, it's a cool thing. And Chicago is such a special place that really allows us to do what we do. Oh, me and Odell love Chicago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my yes. goodness. And we'll we love the, the bands out of soon. Chicago. We'll oh, right on. We'll be on the soon. We've never played Baltimore or um, Maryland, oddly enough, but uh, we'll be in New York and Philly and uh, Pittsburgh in, in September. So we'll be in your neck okay. woods pretty soon. Yeah. I All right. Sounds good. Though. All right, so let's dig yeah. into my favorite. I actually posted this the other day. Like my favorite mm-hmm. album title since Twenty Four Hour Revenge <laughs> is "Fuck Your Mouth Shut." So yep. such <laughs> such a deviation from mm-hmm. like I mean that's just so hardcore. I want to start mm-hmm. with this first though. You're eight albums <laughs> in. When you're yeah. putting an album together now, are you going in with like an, any expectations? Are you like, this has to be bigger and better and badass, like mm-hmm. more badass than ever before? Are you like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to go in the studio and we're just going to do our things and just let it mm-hmm. organically happen? Or do you have an expectation mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. what you want to do to make it big? Right. So every year we have a theme uh, that drives us. So, you know, our mission is to go where no band has gone before, but we kind of interpret that uh, annually and that really guides us on um, the vision for you know whatever album is coming forth so for instance with Double Dragon we're like this is our psychedelic album we're putting a 15 minute song on this you know what I mean we're going to like load this up the imagery is going to be intricate and multi-layered for out control we said this is the pop album when we're going to the studio it's with this pop aesthetic the cover will reflect that. It'll be like a cartoon land. It'll be slick and colorful and like bubblegum. So for FYMS or Fuck Your Mouth Shut, we wanted it to be brutal. This is a brutal album. This is a reflection of what's happening in society right now. Well, mission accomplished, Polit- my yeah. Politic, you know, Politically, what's in people's hearts? We could not have put Fuck Your Mouth Shut out two years ago in a lovey-dovey you know, more happy, like all the nice things socially are happening, or at least a lot of them, you know, where it's like medical marijuana, gay marriage is becoming legal. There's more acceptance than ever in the history, you know, of our country. This album right now is coming out in the Trump era, you know, which is a very different time for us where we have a reality TV star for a president, you know, like the movie Idiocracy, Uh, Mm. we're living it right now. So it's like this album could have only come out now. And we went into the studio with that spirit that this is going to be brutal, honest, in your face, um, high energy, white mystery, rock and roll. Well, it's funny you say that because I was listening to, I don't think it was the last time you were on, but it might've been the first time Mm -hmm. you were on musical osmosis. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. this, 
And you were talking about how, hey, I think things are going to shift for the better. I know things are heated during the election cycle, but we're mm-hmm. about putting out positivity and love. Right. Do you yep. still feel that optimistic feeling? Or are you like, man, we've gone off the mm-hmm. fucking rails? <laughs> well, you know, like we, there's, it's a double-edged sword, right? So like, there's still like wonderful, amazing, beautiful things being created, you know, like where you think, how did people like procreate during World War II, despite what was happening in the world? People kept having babies, creating art, etc. right? So like, mm-hmm. beautiful things can come forth from chaos and destruction. Um, and we're not even there right now. We were just in this really laughable, goofy bizarre, he said, she said kind of time. Um, the white mystery spirit is positive and happy and we're having fun with it. So I think a lot of people get that kind of tongue in cheek uh, spirit that's coming through with an album that's named as such. Right. So the, <laughs> the, the, the irony of all of this is that if fuck your mouth shut is something that our Yaya our Greek grandmother set out of frustration one time when we were little kids. We were all going to church in the minivan, you know, three of us kids in the white family all tugging on each other's hair and beating each other up and our mom and dad being like, quiet, we're trying to go to church. And finally our grandma turns around, she's probably 90 years old, and she says, fuck your mouth shut. Oh, man. And, oh, and wow. Me, it, it shut up the entire van. We're just like, did she just say that, right? Like a little Yaya, Greek Yaya. So, you know, the way that it stunned us, that's kind of been just an inside joke in our family for the last 17 years, right? So <laughs> we, we, had, we had thought about, like, okay, and, and the song, as you might have noticed, is in Greek. So the Fuck Your Mouth Shut title track on the album is in Greek. It's Fayek es Farmakose, which means eat and be poisoned in Greek. Well, you know, and I should know that. Like you know more Greek than me, and my family's from Noxus. I'm ashamed of myself. <laughs> yeah, well, I had, to to Greek, I had to go to Greek school, and I'm brought up in this Greek environment. So it's like, you can be poisoned. Mori, mori, you moron. You jerk. You know what I mean? Meta, meta, mori, which means always use both hands. And that was something that our grandmother said to us, and, you know, her mother said to her, it's like, you always use both hands. So it's like all of these like different kind of like sayisms um, in the song. And then it's like, like close the door, close the door, like things like this. And then the last line is Delisigala, which means, you want some milk? And I didn't so even like, know that. I didn't even pick up it was Greek. Right. And I yeah, should so have. And some people are like, is that French? And I'm like, mm, you don't know French from Greek. But um, basically, you know, it's it's a tongue-in-cheek thing, right? So it's brutal. It's in your face. But it's still got that kind of white mystery smirk that we know what we're doing. And it's a controlled chaos kind of feel. But it has more defiance than anything I've heard from you guys. And that was the first yeah, thing definitely. I picked up was defiance. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yep. I mean, Fran's giving the middle finger on it. You know, his little finger is up in the air if you look at the cover. It's between, like, the the loops and the M. So, yeah, but you know what? The thing is here is that we're an independent band. There's nobody saying that we can't do this. You know, like, we're anybody on any other record label, their manager would be like, what are you thinking? This is career suicide. You can't call an album that. You can't, you know, put these songs in there. You can't sing in Greek. No one's going to understand you. 
You know what I mean? But like, we're in yeah. a position where we can do whatever the fuck we want. So we are, and that's <laughs> truly American. Well, let Love me hit it. this last thing because I know you got to get out of here, and I've got. I'm going to kick myself if I don't mention this. Speaking of mm-hmm. Francis, yeah. Mars Death Pack is one of the yeah. best things I've heard in 2017. Yeah. How does yeah. this come about? Is, is Francis, does Francis do like spoken word and stuff on the side? Or was this totally something out of the blue? Francis is a poet. And um, <laughs> I'm really, really glad that you're giving credit to him because he wrote almost all the lyrics on this entire album for me to wow. sing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And when he, yeah. So we're kind of getting into this like Black Sabbath Tony Iommi writing lyrics for Ozzy kind of stage where Ozzy wasn't writing all of that stuff. It was, you know, his, his bandmate uh, writing lyrics for him. And it's so fun when someone basically gives you all these words and then you can set them to a melody. So he's not telling me how to sing him. He's just like, this is something I wrote last night. I think it would be really cool. What do you think about setting it to a melody? Right. So a melody that already exists, or do you create one around the lyrics? I I create the melody. So now Francis is writing the lyrics, and he's the drummer, and I'm composing the music for his words, where the first three White Mystery albums were basically like me, you know, writing these goofy songs and really simple guitar. But now we're, we're definitely, I think, transforming and growing up a lot into kind of a new way of creating and making music. And Francis won poetry contests when he was a little kid, and he has really bad chronic pain, and that really drives a lot of the dark imagery in what you're hearing in that song specifically about um, how he feels on a daily basis, and I think his expression really comes out through words, where mine yeah, comes does. out through guitar. If you want to trade titties for firewood. And, uh, you know, macaroni cheese and more habanero, please. Uh, yeah. you know, like it's, it's, it's really, it's great. And he's so talented and it's really fun to watch, um, how his mind works through these lyrics. And I'm glad you, you guys appreciate it. He'll be thankful for that. Yeah, definitely something I would have played on a loop in the eighties in my acid debates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Over and over with yeah. my buddies sitting around the black lighted room, you know, and just right. oh man. All right, we gotta yeah. get you out of here. Can Thank you please you. tell everybody where we can find you? <laughs> well, we're also gonna play um Fuck Your Mouth Shut. We are gonna there play go. the non censored yeah. version. Yeah. Why right. do you have a censored version? Uh, is it just for radio edit? <laughs> well, you know what? We realize in, in retrospect that uh even the radio edit, which is fudge your mouth shut. Um, can't be played because of all the swearing in Greek. Right. Um, Uh, However, it's it's something that maybe you could play for the kids where they won't, where they won't get, they won't probably understand Greek nine times out of 10. So you can play them the fudge your mouth shut. still get the same effect of the aggression and the gang vocals and that kind of thing. But for everybody listening, thanks for, you know, uh, listening to my story, my name is Alex White, and the band is White Mystery. You can find us at whitemystery.com and on Facebook and Instagram at White Mystery Band. White Mystery Band. Right on, Alex. All right. All right. We'll talk to you soon, and good luck with your photo shoot. Yes. Thank you very much, guys. Take care. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Okay. Always. Bye bye. All right, so there we are. Yay. We did a quick episode back. I, I kind of feel like I want to do more. 
You know what I'm saying? Because we haven't been on yeah, the air yeah. together, Odell. And like, what what has it been? Has it been? I know I did an episode with Susie Quattro, but it was a mini episode by myself. I think the last, I think the last episode we did was right before April's party. Hell, yeah, it was, and that was in April, and we did it with Reformed yeah. Whores, which was yeah. we were doing it because we were having Reformed Whores at the party. Yes. So yeah, which, I'm by looking the way, forward was to. <laughs> oh yeah, and you know. I, I'm so embarrassed. I was so stupid at that party. I I never get drunk like that. I got drunker than I've been well over ten years. Like, I, I have never seen him that drunk. drunk. Like I've never <laughs> seen him that drunk. And we've been together for eight years. So uh, that's it was definitely well, it was well deserved. Reformed whores went on um, fairly early in the night, like the first half hour or so. Yeah, they were, they were on. Yeah, they they were the first ones. Right, so. and um, April was like, hey. I, you know, they have that song "Hump a Lot of Bear." I want she has a bear outfit because April has every conceivable costume of you can course. think of. She's circus yeah. folk, and she's like, "I want you to dress up." It was her birthday. She's like, "Dress up in a bear suit and jump around on stage when the whores are playing Hump a Lot of Bear." And I was like, "Cool!" So I come out. I, I did my little intro. And I don't even remember what I said. I'm sure I made an ass of myself. Went backstage, put the bear suit on, come out, jump around in the bear suit stagger off stage and they had like these three little steps and then they have like a ramp where you can roll the equipment out the back door fell down the fucking steps as they're playing (laughs) nobody could see me you know stage left roll down the steps i'm rolling around on my back like a like just like a spazzed out turtle and i seriously cannot (laughs) get up and i'm trying to grab the rail because they have like the rail for where you roll everything down. I'm trying to grab the rail and pull myself up. Somehow I managed to get my bare head off. Cause at first I'm laying around my bed. I can't get my freaking head off and I'm rolling around. And I mean, dude, it took me until they almost got finished for me to get myself upright straight. That's and how nobody wasted. knew. And nobody knew that was going on back. Yeah. Then. It was pretty nope. epic. <laughs> that was so, so funny. I was silly gone. All right. Hey, I want to ask you one more question before we get out of here. Yeah, um, just so this isn't a super short show. Coming back from England, what's the one thing yeah. you appreciate being away, and what's the one thing you're like, oh man, dude, my perspective has like totally shift being across the pond for I don't how long were you out there? Like ten, twelve days? Uh, we uh, it got cut a little short due to due to the storm, so we were out there like eight days. Awesome. Okay, so what you know? What did you appreciate when you got back? And what was the one thing where you were like, "This is so different than America is." I just don't understand. Um, what do I appreciate when I got back? Uh, so what do I appreciate from United States? Yeah, when you got back, where were uh, you like, oh. "Man, I'm glad we're back in the USA because of blank." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, mate, you know what? To be honest with you, just uh, being back with my kids. Cause they were, uh, we hadn't seen, that was the first time we had been away for them for, they were gone for like two weeks. So well, they had left exclusively before. United States thing you were glad to get back to, or is oh, there not that uh, much of a difference in culture? That, you, you know, honestly, it wasn't much of a difference. Um, I say the one thing that I do, uh, is, is, and, and this might sound crazy is that, um, the order of traffic. I, I, I definitely miss the United States. Oh man. Did you drive the over there? No, we didn't drive, but we took cabs and just the way things flow over there. Um, there's not Can a lot of. Can you drive over there with an American license? Or are you not allowed yeah. to rent a car? I think you. I think you can. Um, yeah, I um, think I you're allowed them, to. Sur- yeah, Surge and them have a van, minivan. 
Even though it's opposite, the steering wheel's on the other side. I, I can imagine Americans yeah. fucking wrecking left and right over there. Well, he said it was definitely an adjustment, but he's like, you're, you know how it is. Once you're in the middle of it, you sort of have to learn quickly. It's not. It's almost like put your feet to the fire. So it's gotcha. like, okay, I better adjust now, or I'm gonna get either honked at constantly, or yeah, I'm gonna freak out and, and run into somebody. But over there, it's like just because I didn't know the signage, I didn't know, you know, the streets are different. They're more, they're smaller, more narrow. So it's like, you can walk out and a car will be flying up and you just like put your hand out in the, in the car will stop. You're like, it's like, well, okay, we're good. All right. We're going to go ahead and walk. I missed the order here, even though it's still, you know, I, I you know, people here still can't drive with the crap. So are they but, better or worse <laughs> drivers over there? Um, I would say they're actually, uh, probably a little bit better just because, you got to know chaos <laughs> better over there. I would think they're more patient, but, and they're, aren't and, they? And, they're, and the one thing, the one thing that I will give them credit for is that they pay attention to pedestrians and they pay attention to cyclists, like nobody's yeah. business. So, That's like good. here in the states, if you're a cyclist, they could care less. They're, they're going to open the doors. They're going to ride in your bike lane. They're going to, you know, just do whatever. They don't really pay attention over there. If a pedestrian starts walking down the street, you could be going 50 miles per hour. That car is slamming on its brakes. It's like, I mean, or the wow. or the, the double-decker buses or whatever. If somebody's down, it's like, boom, they hit their brakes, and they let the people go, and then they go. It's And it's always been like that. And that was one of the things by, like, the fourth or fifth day we finally got used to. Instead of, like, constantly waiting for these cars to fly by, you know, we would literally see people be like, okay, I'm just going to step out on the street. And they would step, and the cars would stop, and everybody would start walking. And then the cars wow. would take off again. Yeah, so I, I – that's definitely something that um, that would never happen here in the United States. They would just hit you and keep going. Oh, yeah. They'd be like, <laughs> oh, freedom, baby. Yeah, yeah. But over there, and I, I think the one, uh, one of the key things I took away over there that I noticed, and I was even telling Susan, I said, um, the, women in, um, the women in London, at least in London, I don't know if it's all of Europe, they – definitely walk with a sense of confidence. Like there is a heightened sense of confidence with the ladies over there. They probably no, have a bunch like, of fat morons like whistling at them and like, no, ass, no. Baby. I mean, they, yeah, they walk in control. They, they, they know what they're, you know, just the way they carry themselves. You can definitely tell that um, over there. So I, I really took that away just, but overall, but as far as cultures and everything now, I mean, they speak, you know, we, we, I, it's funny, Americans actually speak the proper English, if you will. Um, and, um, the, the, uh, the British English is more broken, <laughs> which was funny to hear from wow. one of the tour guides. But, um, yeah, that's probably the one thing that the, the things that I really took away is that, especially in London, see, I don't know how the outskirts were. We went to Stonehenge and Bath, so it was a little more of the native land out there. But in London, it's so transient. It's so, you know, you have people from the States, you have people from France, you have people from Italy, so they, and they all just merge there. So it's sort of like being in New York or something like that. It's just well, it a lot of hustle me, and bustle. The more progressive yeah. you are, the less you're affected by it. Because I know my cousin Pete used to be really conservative. And then he went yeah. to Greece for two weeks. And he came between that and meeting his now wife during that yeah. same time period. He's like very much more progressive, open-minded. He doesn't yep, just you, watch yep. Fox News all day. Like he's like, wow, seeing life over there really changed me. And he was different. And it's, I mean, he's he, you know he was late thirties, early forties when he went yeah, over. Yeah. He was already I, him. Yeah. But I 
I guess it, it only has that transformation if you're kind of like looking at Fox News all day and pissed off. Not if you're already progressive, because there's so much more progressive over there. True. And and the thing and another thing that I tell you, everything is more it's simpler over there. It's not really complicated. Um, you go into the grocery stores. The, most of the grocery stores that we went into, there was maybe six aisles, and it had huge selections of everything. And people go in, they get what they need, they get out. It's it's not. You grab a cart, you walk around, and you can spend three hours in a grocery store. It's like, okay, I need milk, boom. I need coffee, boom. I need cereal, boom. I need meat, boom. I'm to the stand, and I'm out the door, and I'm gone. And everything is packaged a lot less. They pick up trash every day, um, recycle every day. Like, at the end of the night, it's like that's all you see out on the streets is, is the recycle trucks and wow. the trash trucks. So, And then the guys that clean the streets in the windows and all that, but it, and it's, and it's very clean. But, uh, I really noticed that even like if you buy a pack of gum, there's no packaging on the inside of the gum. So if you get a pack of gum and you open it, the gum is right there. There's no like extra packaging. And then you got to peel this off and do this and that. It's like, Oh, here's the gum. Oh, wow. Okay. Cause the first time I opened a pack of gum that I got over there, um, it literally fell out because I was thinking that it was be another wrapper on it but no it's just like that's how they package it everything's simple a lot of the stuff that they use the packaging that they put the food in it's recyclable or biodegradable so you can actually um return it um or put in a, in a special recycle bin and they just take it and then they do whatever they do um with it because they're re- they're really about like waste management um over there as well they're Brilliant well, it also seems like they're not shake easily shaken in Europe. D, who was the one who had the concert that got bombed, and then she went and paid for all the oh, funerals? Oh, Ariana Grande. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was in London. That was in yeah. London. I was yeah. in London. I was thinking it was in France for some reason. I think I guess I'm thinking of um, Eagles of Metal. E- or Eagles of Death Metal. Yeah, of Eagles of Death, Death Metal, Metal was in France. Yeah, was in France. Yeah, that was but in France. Yeah. The, the residing thing I see, like these guys, always come out and they're so well composed and calm, and they're like, "This will not break us." You cannot. Yeah. Why do I sound Russian? You, you, I can't do an accent, but you cannot break <laughs> us. You know, we're over here. We'd be like, oh, my God, shut everything down. Uh, like, yeah. We would be like no. in hysterics, like like a bombing or something happens here when it rarely does. And it looks like the scene from the blob where the whole city yeah. is fucking running. And over there, they're like, so we had a bombing. You know, some people, they yeah. got blown up. But we're, we're, we're going to go shopping tomorrow. You can't stop ev- us. Yeah, and everything is very organized, too. So it's like you can have a good time, but once they – like we went to a couple clubs, and you go to the club – like this one club you go to, um, you walk in, and there's a bar, and you get your beer. And then in the back, if you wanted to smoke, you know, you got to go outside to smoke, but, but you, can't, you, can't take, you can't take your beer with you. You know, you got to leave it there, or they give you cups to pour it in. And then um, you, you you go out um, and and uh, you you do that. But like at the end of the show, it wasn't like people were mingling. It was like, okay, this part of the, of the club is closed. Okay. Oh, hold on for a second. I, my little one snuck out. Okay. Yeah. You want to say hi? You want to say hi to Nick? Hi. Say hi, Nick. Hi. Hey there. Hi. Oh, you have a great radio voice. Are you going to be a DJ <laughs> when you grow up? You gonna be yeah. a DJ? You gonna be a DJ? Dada. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Can you Love say, it. Can you say hi, D? Hi, there hi you sweetie. Go. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Sounds better All than right. me most nights. Yeah. Well, 
Well, let me finish up. Let right? Finish up. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Love is but, um, oh, Okay, 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 okay. But yeah, like I said. Huh? Well, hold on. But uh, everything was like really organized there. So. That is awesome. So. All right, well, it sounds like you've got kids going on, so let's wrap up the yeah. to 45-minute mark. And we will be All right, back, man. Uh, what is it? August 6th is the Wednesday? August 9th. We will be back August 9th with Lee Presson and the Nails. Dee, you ready to play some um, Fuck Your Mouth Shut by White Absolutely. Mr. All right, everybody, have an awesome night. Bye, guys. You too, now. Boopie. Boopie.